Hello and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Ruben. And I'm also your host, Sam. No, Sam. I thought we talked about this. You are not the host. I am the host. Anyway, let me explain. Since my last producer was rubbish, I sacked him. And now I have this new one called Sam. But to be honest, it's not much of an improvement. Hey, it's my first day here. Ooh, I wonder what this button does. This is going to be a long day. Now, as I was saying, before being rudely interrupted... Why do you hear me like that? I'm going to talk about my favourite inventions. My first invention is going to be the telescope. Now, when you think of a telescope, you probably think of Newton or Galileo. But the first person to apply for a patent for a telescope was Dutch eyeglass maker named Hans Lippershey in 1608. Lippershey laid claim to a device that could magnify objects up to three times. His telescope had a concave eyepiece aligned with a convex objective lens. Now, if you know what a telescope is, you should probably look at Google or Wikipedia, but I'm going to give you a brief explanation. They were an important tool for astronomy that gathers light and directs it to a single point. Some do this with curved mirrors, some with curved lenses, and some with both. Telescopes make faraway things look bigger, brighter, and closer. Galileo was the first person to use a telescope for astronomy, but he did not invent them. The first telescope was invented in the Netherlands in 1608. Some telescopes, not mainly used for astronomy, are binoculars, camera lenses, or spyglasses. The word telescope is usually used for light your eyes can see. But there are telescopes for invisible light. Infrared telescopes look like normal telescopes, but have to be kept cold since all warm things give off infrared light. Radio telescopes are like radio antennas, but usually shaped like loud dishes. X-ray and gamma-ray telescopes have a problem because the rays go through most metals and glasses. To solve this problem, the mirrors are shaped like a bunch of rings inside each other. So the rays strike at them at a shallow angle and are reflected. These telescopes are space telescopes because not enough of this radiation reaches the Earth. Other space telescopes are put in orbit so the Earth's atmosphere does not interfere. Our next invention is a light bulb. The honor goes to Thomas Edison. He was born in Milan, Ohio on the 11th of February, 1847. Edison started school late because of an illness. Three months later, Edison was removed from the school because he couldn't pay attention to his teacher. Same way Sam doesn't pay attention to me. When Edison was 12 years old, he contracted scarlet fever. The effects of the fever, as well as getting picked up by the ears by the train conductor, caused Edison to become completely deaf in his left ear and 80% deaf in his right. He learned Morse code, code of the telegraph, and began a job as a brass pounder. At the age of 16, Edison invented his first invention, 
which was called Automatic Repeater. By January 1879, at his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey, Edison had built his first light bulb. First of all, stop talking. I pay attention when you talk to me. Now do you see what I mean by he doesn't pay attention to me? Can I say it? No, I'll say it. Please? No. Please? Fine. Yay. <clears throat> Next, it's the computer. It was invented by a mechanical engineer and polymath, Charles Babbage. Ha, Babbage. <laughs> what a funny name. Colossus was the world's first programmable electronic digital computer. British codebreakers used Colossus to help read German-coded radio messages during World War II. These messages were sent between the German High Command and Adolf Hitler's top army commanders. Reading these messages helped the Allies to win the war. Codebreaker Max Newman worked at the Government Code and Cipher School at Bletchley Park. His problem was how to get a machine that would help turn German-coded radio teleprinter messages into ordinary language. A group of post office engineers led by Tommy Flowers worked out how to do this. Their design, which was called Colossus, used many vacuum tubes, valves. The first machine, Mark 1, worked in December 1943. It solved its first problem at Bletchley Park on the 5th of February 1944. Colossus Mark II was even better. It worked on the 4th of June, 1944, just before the Normandy land on D-Day. Ten Colossus computers were in use at the end of the war. British codebreakers called teleprinter messages FISH. The messages had been coded by an unknown German machine. They called the machine and its coded messages Tunny. Colossus imitated the machine and read the coded messages from a punch tape. It tried various possibilities of how two of the wheels had been set up. When Colossus found likely settings for two wheels, the codebreaker designed further programs for Colossus until likely settings of other wheels were found. Colossus did not perform all the decoding process. It just found likely settings of the machine. The output from Colossus was then worked on by people who had a very good knowledge of the German language. It was not until the end of the war that the British codebreakers found out that the code machine was the Lawrence SZ42. After the war, all the secret Colossus computers were taken to pieces so that no one would find out about them. The designs were destroyed. For 30 years, no one knew who made the first computers. Between the early 1990s and 2007, a working copy of a Colossus computer was built. This can be seen at the National Museum of Computing at Bletchley Park in England. Gee, Sam's been long a long time. I wonder where he is. Our last invention is chocolate. Now, if you're like me and you love chocolate, you're lucky you weren't born before 900 AD. Back then, chocolate was only a bitter, unsweet, frothy drink. The Aztecs thought that the cocoa bean was a gift from the gods. 
But when Hernando Cortez came to America, the Aztecs thought that Cortez was a god and they served him a big banquet and they poured him chocolate. But he didn't like it at all. So he so he added vanilla, sugar and sugarcane and he was suddenly a lot nicer. Cortez went back to Spain with gold and the cocoa beans. But since the gold overshadowed the cocoa, the cocoa was forgotten. But then when they did discover it on the ship, the Spaniards did what Hernando Cortez did. They added sugar, vanilla and sugar cane and it was a lot nicer. Then the chocolate bar came around, Cadbury's came around and more, more chocolate companies came around. But that's a different episode. Can we do it now? Yes, we can do it now. Now it's time for question of the day with your host Sam. So the question is, all of you listeners know about America, right? So I want you to answer this question. Who discovered America? Now remember, no Googling allowed. So you heard him, no Googling allowed. Now, there'll be one of these questions every episode, and Sam will ask them. His idea, not mine, just saying. So, no Googling, you heard him. I was, I am, and I will be your host, Ruben. You're listening to That Amazing, Episode 4, Inventions. Bye for now.